This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks, and this is The Leader. Well, it was sad, but also second best best in the world. I think we should be really proud of that. I think they should be, you know, I think what they've done for football in this country is amazing. They took their chances, and unfortunately, we didn't. I mean, we did have a big chance, obviously, Lauren Hemp hitting the crossbar. They were so close, and the penalty really had my heart in my mouth, I can't lie. So... Women's football is definitely on the horizon and I'm all for it. Unfortunately, it wasn't the result we, we hoped for. We still played well. I just think it wasn't our day today, but we'll come back stronger 100%. Despite an impressive run to the final of the World Cup, it wasn't to be for the Lionesses. So it's not coming home, but they are. And now the question is, how do we celebrate their performance in the tournament? Well, the bad news is it doesn't look like we're going to get that extra bank holiday, but there are signs the powers that be will organise something to give them a hero's welcome home. Before the final had kicked off, Sports Secretary Lucy Fraser was upbeat about a celebration for the team, win or lose. We will definitely be celebrating um, the victory of the Lionesses. You know, whether they win in the final or not, they've done a tremendous, tremendous amount of work to get to this stage. um, And we will be marking it definitely in some way. What exactly that celebration looks like remains to be seen. But football fans will want to show the players their appreciation for giving us another drama-filled tournament that went right to the end. The Evening Standard's arts correspondent, Robert Dex, joins me now. So, Rob, despite the Lionesses losing in the final, the public are still going to want to celebrate their performances, right? I think so, because, um, I mean, it's... I mean, yeah, it was, it was a disappointing game, wasn't it? I, I mean, when your goalkeeper is the best player, you know you're sort of in trouble, really. Um, and Spain were worthy winners. But, um, I mean, it, it's not just been about that one game, has it? It's about the whole... The sport has grown and is getting new audiences, inspiring people more and more at every game they play. So, yeah, it's definitely worth a celebration. And also, I just think, essentially, you've got to say they're either the equal of the men's team or they're not. And if the men's team had just lost in a World Cup final, I'm pretty sure they'd have got like an official celebration when they came back and a down the street reception and all that sort of stuff. So for the women not 
to get that would will seem a bit odd. Uh, I mean, I you know I don't know what the plans are. No doubt people are discussing plans as we speak, but um, for them not to be recognised would be a horrendous misstep, you would say, by everyone involved. So hopefully they will be. That's it. And we know there was obviously controversy over members of the royal family and the PM not turning up for the final. Do you think that Rishi Sunak and King Charles will want to provide a a bit of a hero's welcome for the team when they do come home? I mean, you'd hope so. I mean, no doubt the people that advise them will say, look, you're going to get flack when you do this because you didn't, you weren't at the game. But um, you would hope that they would bite the bullet and take the flack um, in order to do the right thing this time. Um, I think that that's that's the best way to put it. Um, and even yet, I, I know they didn't win, but they did absolutely brilliantly. I mean, they got to the final of the World Cup. You know, if that was the men, people would be pulling up trees for them. So yeah, I, I think I think the government and the royals should do something. I, I would hope people will be invited to the palace and Downing Street. But as I say, hopefully those plans are being discussed now. There were gongs handed out, weren't there, after the Euros to some of them. I mean, I, I do wonder if we might see more of them in the honours lists coming up. We might see more OBEs, CBEs and MBEs handed out and the, and the like. Um, what I would say is, um, I know we've talked before about how the World Cup winning squad were treated in 1966. And it was sort of, you know, the, the first 11 got their medals and nobody else got anything, which, you know, it's just bizarre. When you think, you know, obviously Jeff Hurst, you know, scored the winning goals, but didn't even play in the group games. And what has been great about the Lionesses is that they've always said, you know, it's a team game, it's a squad game. There are people here who won't even play. They've not been on the pitch, but their presence has been vital to the team getting to the final. So you would hope that whatever happens in terms of recognition, whether it's open-top bus parades or invitations to the palace or whatever, you'd hope it recognises the entire squad. That's what I would say, you know, that that it's not just the, the 11 that played the most games. Also, it's going to be interesting to see when they land. I don't know what time they land at the airport, but I mean, they had got a stand innovation as they left Sydney. You would hope that they get a decent reception when they land at the airport back in the UK. And, and maybe, because it must be strange, they're not, because obviously they're not here. They just sort of have to take it all secondhand for how into it people have been. So hopefully that would be sort of a bit of a glimpse for them, if you like, of, of the appreciation that people in the UK have got for them. Maybe a first sort of glimpse of it and then hopefully something more formal down the line. And as you've mentioned before, for the Euros, they had an event on a stage in London, but didn't quite get an open top bus parade or anything like that. Do you think they deserve the same as what happened with the Euros in terms of just a sort of on stage event or something more this time? I think it's something more because it, it's not just about that game, is it? It would be a celebration of the last however many years and particularly the last two or three years where they've really sort of stepped up and the game's gone to a whole different level. So I think it would be a recognition of that. And people like um, Lucy Bronze and Mary Earps, who, I, I mean, I don't know, but they're probably not going to play another World Cup. People like that who've helped transform the sport, I mean, I think that that's the very least they deserve. I'm not suggesting they're all going to retire tomorrow, but they, they certainly probably won't see another World Cup in four years' time. Um, yeah, I, I totally... Uh, Getting to a World Cup final, I mean, how do you quantify these things? Don't you? It's better to win the Euros than lose a World Cup final. Um, but they're, they're, they're major, major achievements. And, and, and maybe it would be in some way slight recognition that actually winning the Euros, while they were lauded, they perhaps didn't quite get the reception that that deserved. So make up for it this time. And there will be people, Rob, who argue, well, the men's team didn't get an open-top bus parade when they lost the Euros final in 2021. Should it be the same for the women's team? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know it, it sounds odd, doesn't it, to, to celebrate losing. But um, they've come from 
such a spot where it was underreported, underrecognized, underappreciated that I think it deserves a bit of appreciation now what they've done. And also, you know, with the World Cup, yes, they lost the final, but it's also a recognition of they beat Australia in Australia. They somehow got through that game on penalties. They played brilliantly and they always handle themselves so well. They are brilliant ambassadors for the sport. So um, I think some form of celebration, you know, whatever it may be, it might be practical reasons to tell what it is, but, but some form of celebration is needed because it's, it's worth celebrating. You know, they have done absolutely brilliantly and they have transformed the way people view women's football in the last two or three years. So maybe make it a wider celebration rather than a they lost in the World Cup final. Let's take a break now. In part two, Rob explains what needs to happen to elevate women's football in England even further. That's what will make it happen. If the clubs see that they can sell tickets and there's money in it, and the sponsors see there's big crowds in it, therefore there's money in it, then some of that money will come back, hopefully. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. And the way the team has captured the attention and the affection, really, of the public has prompted more conversation, certainly over this World Cup, about equality in the women's game, encouraging more girls to get into football and other sports. Will that legacy last? You'd have to ask me in 10 years' time, wouldn't you, really, for me to give you a decent answer? But, I mean, you would hope so. Certainly, I mean, you know, the the early signs are promising. I think the thing with anyone who's involved in women's football will tell you is it's great at the WSL and it's great at the very bottom, like the very young kids getting into the sport. It's in between. You know, it's often teenage girls that drop out of sport and it's keeping them in, I think, that's key, if you like. So you don't have, like, a the two extremes that you have like a consistent journey all the way through. I mean, it can't hurt, can it? Also, what's been interesting is that they lost to Spain, but sometimes when the England men's team lose, there's a bit of like, oh, well, you know, they deserve to lose because they were a bit crap. Or a certain player gets picked up for a mistake and becomes a bit of a pariah. And there's been none of that, you know? I think people, you know, they were outplayed on the day, but I think people generally think, They've had a pretty good tournament. And um, as I say, they're just brilliant ambassadors for the sport. And Rob, you're a dad with a daughter who plays football. From your experience, are there any issues with getting girls into the sport now or further down the line? And what does she say to you about it all? She loves it. She is, she's only nine, so she doesn't... I was saying to somebody just yesterday, actually, at football training, she's done three wall charts for international competitions. That's 
the Women's Euros, the Women's World Cup and the Men's Euros. And England have been in the final of all of them, which I think is freakish, but obviously she just thinks is normal. So she's, she's kind of fortunate to be here while, while they're being successful. I, I think it's not just that they're seeing girls playing football, but they're seeing them play it well and successfully. I mean, that's bound to have an impact, you know? But as I say, it's easy when they're that age. The tricky bit is as you get into sort of teenage years, is keeping people in sport and in football, keeping girls in, in sport and football. And, and, and that's, the, that's the hard bit. But it can only have a positive impact, surely. Do you think the powers that be in football who actually really make things happen and control where money goes and things will do more for women's teams, both big and small, off the back of this tournament? You would hope so, but but who knows? They will follow the money, won't they? Most of the people that you're you're talking about doing sponsorship and stuff like that aren't doing it out of the goodness of their heart. You know, the reason you can't buy a Mary Earp shirt or any goalkeeper's shirt is I assume they've done their research and they thought nobody wanted to buy it. If they thought lots of people wanted to buy one, they'd have made one. So we're at a funny point, aren't we? I mean, Arsenal in the Women's Super League have started to play at the Emirates and sell out the Emirates. If Chelsea start to move to Stamford Bridge and sell out Stamford Bridge, then, you know, more money will come in, more sponsorship will come in, more promotion will come in. It's just the game's sort of on a cusp, isn't it? And and it can go one way or another. And But crowds at games are generally in, you know, the low thousands. So we've got to see, you know, Arsenal took a chance, obviously, and took some games to the Emirates and it's paid off. And will it pay off if United and Man City do the same and Liverpool do the same? Because, you know, that's what will make it happen. If the clubs see that they can sell tickets and there's money in it, and the sponsors see there's big crowds in it, therefore there's money in it, then some of that money will come back, hopefully. But um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in, in the WSL season coming up after the World Cup. You know, will there be a bit of a boost from the World Cup or will people be a bit fed up and sick of watching women's football because they've had it every day for however many weeks and then we didn't win in the end? Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I mean, you would hope that it's a positive impact. But um, the next few months will tell us a little bit, I think. And I do have to ask you about the Mary Earps shirt debacle. Obviously, so much talk about Nike not selling the women's goalkeeper shirts. Would a U-turn from them actually form part of a tribute to their efforts in the World Cup? I mean, I guess it would do. I mean, as I say, I, I think they will only do it if they're convinced that they can sell them. So... You know, whether it will be a tribute or a solid business decision is perhaps, you know, open to interpretation. You know, I mean, whatever they do now, they've kind of left it too late, haven't they? So if they do it now, it looks a bit like sort of horrendous backtracking. I mean, I know she's talked about how upset she was that you couldn't buy it. But, um, you know, she was the Golden Glove winner, you know. She was the keeper of the tournament. She was the best player at the final. That clip of her using industrial language has gone completely viral. You know, maybe those are the tributes that she's going to get. Um, I think, while I can see why she was upset, maybe her attitude's got to be, well, you know, who cares? You know, she's moved beyond that now. Pick up the Evening Standard newspaper or head to standard.co.uk for more news, interviews and analysis. That's The Leader. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. 
QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.